Well, hello, I'm Bill Weidecker from the Fine Homes Group International. And I'm Diane Davidson, and we're here with our podcast, uh, What's it? Oh, Good Deeds, Real Estate with a Mission. And this is our first monthly market condition, market report podcast. So Bill will be enlightening us um, about uh, local real estate numbers, data, and uh, national, statewide and national too. Yes, Bill? Yeah, well, we're going to look primarily at the statewide numbers this time around. Yeah. And um, the interesting thing that I found about real estate is, think of it this way. Would you spend more than a month without looking at your checkbook to see what the balance is? or are you looking for my checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you, if you had an investment account, you'd want to know kind of what's going on. And sure. that's what this is. So the state of New Hampshire has been seeing a phenomenal amount of growth and in a market where we really have been tight with inventory. But what you're going to find as we go through, sort of do a little bit of a deeper dive today, Diane, is that in spite of the fact that inventory has been trailing all year long, we are virtually closing as much real estate within a percentage point, one and a half percentage points of where we were last year. Now, so I'll give you some, I'll give you some ideas of some numbers and then you can interrupt me and ask questions if uh, if something sort of guides you. But if you look at if you look at single family homes, first of all, we'll just kind of go there. Last year, um, at this same time, through the end of September, uh, we because the October numbers were we don't have and won't have them until the, the middle of middle of November typically. But last year at this time we closed twelve thousand eight hundred and sixty five. So close to thirteen thousand. So this year, that's units, that's housing units. Yeah. That's single family homes. Okay, thank you. Yep. And this year we've closed, same period of time, 12,685. So, you know, about 185 properties different, a little less, 1.4% less. For me, that sounds like it's the same as last year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a, when you take that as a statewide number and you spread it out throughout all the counties in the state, it's a, well, there you have it. It's a one and a half, 1.4% difference. The median sales price, this is the big story. If you were a property owner uh, last year and kept your house, you made money. Your property went up. The median priced home last year at this time was uh, $350,500. Now it's 400000 We've crested over 400,000 for the first time in the history of real estate in this in this state in August. And that's where we remained. And I have a question. I think a lot of, some people, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are people who don't understand the difference between median and average. And okay. median is a much more accurate number, would you say, because it really it take, it kind of eliminates the outliers. Yeah, well, yeah. The me, what the median does is, is it takes into account half of the properties are selling for less than $400,000 and half of the properties are selling for more than $400,000. It's directly in the middle. Where an average is really, it's a total of all the numbers, the highs, multi-million dollar properties and the $100,000 you know, pieces of, uh, of bad property. <laughs> um, and you create an average. Well, that's not the average. If you have a $4 million property and a $100,000 property, the average is two hundred thousand and fifty. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's not really reality. So this is this gives you a much better sense. Okay. Shall we move on? Please. Days on market. It's half of where we were last year, and last year was an unbelievable market. Mm. 
Our average days on market was 51 days last year. It's 26 now. So last year, 2020, if I'm, this is year to date, correct? That's correct. So the first quarter or so of last year, or maybe even first third of last year, we hadn't really felt the effects of COVID and some of the fleeing from, some of the moving to New Hampshire, New Hampshire from more populated areas, from like more densely populated areas. So that, that played into it. Yeah, it played down a little bit because if you looked at just the September numbers of last year versus this year, so the September numbers were a little less last year. They were 45 days on market. Mm -hmm. But this year, our September numbers were 21 days on market. So that you know, wow. gives you an idea of how quickly, that's three weeks, properties. And that's everything. So there are properties that started off really, really high and have had adjustments in their pricing that have been on the market for months and months and months. And then there are properties that went under agreement in, in a day. Well, also what comes to mind for me is all the new construction, because that tends to be put on the market when it's, you know, twinkle in someone's eye, right? So it, oftentimes it comes on the market as developers are planning to build it, something we call a paper listing. So that often is on the market for hundreds and hundreds of days. And although new construction starts, new home starts are down, there are still plenty that affect that number, I think. Yeah. The, the, uh... The real tell in all of this is when we say, well, we're only off 1.4% uh, from last year's numbers. And last year's numbers were record-setting numbers in closed sales. Here's what, I, what I'm going to, to point out is right now we have 1.3 months supply of inventory. So 1.3, it's one and a third. Okay, so you're talking about five weeks, five and a half weeks worth of inventory. Meaning this. If nothing else were listed, in five weeks, it would all be gone. What we have left on the market would be gone in five weeks. So how is it with when we were used to markets where we had eight, nine, 10, 12, 13 months worth of inventory, how is it that we're selling more homes now than we were then? Is that rhetorical? Well, it's, it's your, I'd be curious of your thoughts and I'll give you mine. Okay. Would you like me to go first <laughs> and see if you agree? See if, so, I'm, see if I'm right. I, well, I will just <laughs> tell you that it's not an inventory problem. It's really an, nothing is sitting. It's an inventory that sits issue. Everything's going. And so is that good? Is that bad? It depends on who you are, right? There's not this variety of property to look like. But look at, I, I, in the retail industry, you know, they call it just-in-time inventory. Meaning, if you own a big box store, you know that your inventory has to show up just in time for the consumer to pick it off the shelf. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing here, is the inventory showing up just in time. There's no lingering. The dilemma in all this is, the, is the, the upward pressure that we've seen on pricing, and we're going to talk about affordability a little, in a little bit here. That's the big dilemma, is where does this rapid increase of pricing Take us. We've gone from three hundred thousand as the, at the median in two thousand in September of two thousand and nineteen to two years later we're at four hundred thousand. If you bought a home in, in September of two thousand and nineteen, and I told you it's going to be worth a hundred thousand more in two years, you think I was telling a tall tale, and yet that's where we are. Your thoughts. What was the question? Uh, my <laughs> thoughts are that, that it is just-in-time inventory, and when things are priced properly, exposed properly, they come on the market and they 
kind of fly off. The average time is what, 21 days you said? Yeah. And that average is because there are other properties that tend to sit. So we have sort of this, this uh, stagnant supply, for, if you will, and other properties that come on and go off, come on and go off. And occasionally one of, one of the properties that's sitting on the market will get picked off. Yeah, and last year, um, the homes for sale in September of last year were 2,600 properties versus 2,000 and change this year. Mm -hmm. Big difference, 20, uh, so 20% less. And uh, percent of list price, uh, we're seeing now 102.9% of list price year to date. Call it 103. You mean the price that somebody pays is, is 2 point something percent over last year? Almost price. three. Almost three, yeah. Yeah, and, this, and last year at this time it was 99.3. Hmm. So, I can't figure out. Well, the, again, this, go, this speaks to the issue. These are year to date numbers. If you look at our September numbers, the year to date is 102.9, call it 103. The September numbers are 101.8, call it 102. The, the trend line shows you that we're getting less of percent of list price than we were year to date. It's trending downward a little. It's still over 100, but it's less than it was year to date, which means probably in the first quarter or second quarter, we could have been trending 104, 105. We'd have to go back and see it. but. I can tell by looking that the trend line tells us. I, I, I'm just going to be really candid. I think we've reached the pinnacle now. Could it go, Could we see another three, four, five percentage points? Sure, the market's going to dictate that. But if you look at affordability, which is where we're going, uh, we're reaching the point where the median-priced home is being bought with all of the median-priced income necessary to qualify. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Last year, year to date, the median income earner in the state of New Hampshire could afford a median priced home with 120, they, they, they qualified with 129% of their income. Now, what does that mean? Is they were making almost 30% more than what was necessary to be able to buy a median priced home. Meaning, pretty affordable. Not as affordable as it was the year before, but still affordable. Now we're at 106, which tells me, and for the month of September, we're at 104. Where's the trend line going? It's trending again down. We're getting to a point where we're going to say that the median income earner and the median sales price are at close to 100%. Well, sooner or later, that, starts to, that will start to have a deleterious effect on the market. And you're going to see prices reach a point where they can't appreciate more. That's not going to happen overnight. But it is going to happen. It's not sustainable to say, all right, if you look at list price, right, median sales price has gone up 19% year to date versus last year. When you, the incomes are not moving at that same level. They're not increasing at that same level. So it's, it becomes unsustainable. At so, some point. So when you talk about 129%, basically you're saying that people who are buying homes are not spending every money, every penny the bank will allow them that they qualify to spend. That's right? So that gives them extra cash to do things to have just disposable income. And so those people, in theory, have chosen not to spend every penny that, that an institution will lend them. When that starts happening, when, when we get to the 100%, that same effect may apply and the only reason and the only way that happens is by prices softening right if buyers choose to behave the same way they've been behaving 
then then prices will probably start to soften commensurate with that. Yeah, well, there's three things that are going to drive this. Interest rates. Interest rates, for sure. If interest rates were to go down, affordability, affordability mm -hmm. index would climb because it would be cheaper for the monthly mortgage. Um, incomes. If all of a sudden incomes were to be driven upward, um, the affordability, the median, median income goes up, and the prices and interest rates stay the same, then the affordability index will go up with it. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, it's it's sales price, right? So as sales, that's the big driver here. Is sales price has gone up by a hundred thousand dollars in two years, median sales price, big number. Um, a lot of numbers to throw out here. What do you what do you think this means to buyers and sellers so far? If you if you're a buyer, what do you take from all of this? If you're a seller, what do you take from all of this? Well, a couple of things, you know, with regard to a buyer. Um, Things are still affordable, right? Um, the I know this area. There is uh, the Wall Street Journal and National Association of Realtors does a collaborative um, study and post and uh, publishes it in the journal quarterly, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe the first quarter of, of 2021, Manchester Manchester Nashua was number one in the country for emerging markets. So a great place to invest in. Um, Concord, I think, was number two or three. And so that's the greater area, right? And then in the second quarter, um, Manchester Nashua slipped to 18, but that's because they took into account property taxes. They didn't, though, and I get this from you, they didn't, they didn't take into account sort of all taxation. So when you, if they were to apply the, um, the lack of um, income tax, sales, uh, state income tax, then probably we'd rise right back up to number one or two. Not that 18 is so bad in the whole country. Yeah. So locally, it's still an emerging market, and, and so the belief is locally it's still a great time for people to buy, and there's still prob probably some upward potential. Oh, I think there definitely is. I don't think we're going to see prices stagnate here. I think they're still going to go up. Uh, I don't think the, the climb is, if you had to look and say, all right, Given the affordability index and given the, inc the climb in prices over the last two years, are we likely to see the climb be identical in the next two? And I don't think so. I don't think so. I, but I do believe that we're going to see a continued appreciation. And here's why. Take certain neighborhoods, um, for instance, the, um, take a, a town like Bedford. Um, and you watch what's happened with the median prices of homes in Bedford. Well, the median income earner in the state of New Hampshire get, no longer can afford the median priced home in Bedford. But that doesn't stop the escalation of prices in the town of Bedford. Why? Because of its desirability and the fact that there are people that will buy that don't, the, the affordability index has no, it has no means on their ability to purchase. They're going to purchase anyway. They have enough money. They might be paying cash. It happens. We see it happen in the neighborhoods. Let's take the market you're in. It didn't mean that the people that were living in South Boston could no longer afford to, to buy there, but they certainly sold there. Why? Because of the opportunity. And I think that's what we're seeing in, uh, in parts of New Hampshire now is we're borrowing the sellers of tomorrow and a year from now and two years from now into today uh, i think there are, i think there are great opportunities for both buyers and sellers and uh i think that um it seems a little less frenzied right now and i i don't love the word normal market because there's no such thing we've been doing it uh, for almost 43 years for me 38 for you i'm not quite, quite sure what year a month was normal it's just always different and well i can i gotta go back to the day when when we had the normal market 
What day was that? I'm not sure. Somewhere around 32 and a half years ago. I, it yeah, I that, I that one day, normal. and then it... Yeah, then it became abnormal again. It flips. Atypical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think, that the key is uh, to understand the market of the moment. Perspective, you know, the, the key thing is, is if you're a buyer and you're out looking in the market right now, the market of the moment is really a foreign concept because it's it may be your only moment in years. Hmm. And what I mean by perspective is, is how do you gain perspective fast enough to be able to make a decision? Okay, that was a layup. What's the layup? Working with a great agent. Well, you got to have the a great, yeah, that is a layup. But but honestly, is it, it's kind of like bringing the skill sets of today immediately to bear. Whereas the buyers that are looking to, to buy it, they don't have that skill set in the moment. They, they right. can only gain it over time, or they can gain the system by bringing somebody that can, that can hack the rules for them, and that's a real estate agent. Okay. So I could listen to you for hours and hours more, but I'm not sure anyone else wants to listen to, to either of us. So um, thank you for today, and uh, we hope that you'll subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel. That wraps it up for today for Good Deeds Real Estate with Remission. We'll be back next week. So... Please look for us.